Welcome to another episode of Mormon Discussion Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Real. Grateful for this chance to be with you today. Today, we want to make some general conference predictions. Now, this has been done all over the place. If you go on to ex-Mormon Reddit, if you check out a, a recent Mormon Matters episode, there is lots of rumors out there about general conference and what's going to happen. Let me go through some of those you've heard and let me go through some of those you have not heard. And while these may or may not happen, um, I am also going to share with you, in case they do occur, why I think they are happening. It's nice to say, like, we have a living prophet, and that living prophet talks face-to-face with Jesus, and then Jesus tells him what he'd like him to do inside the church and make what changes he needs to make. The reality is our leaders have essentially told us they don't talk to Jesus face to face, but this is a big church and this big church runs into issues. And when it runs into issues, it has to make shifts and changes in order to keep itself vibrant, right? So if it's losing members and if it can pinpoint the reason it's losing members, it will make adjustments to hopefully slow down or resolve those reasons so that people stop leaving. So here's what I did. So being a podcaster of Mormonism, um, you become privy to ideas and thoughts. For instance, uh, you heard it here that there is a 10 to 20 year plan to reduce and soften Joseph's translation productions to uh, reduce and soften the rigidity in which we see how Joseph produced those uh, those productions, uh, the Book of Moses, the Book of Abraham, the uh, Book of Mormon, the inspired translation of the Bible, because the evidence is coming in and everyone is getting access to it. Where Joseph obviously borrowed a ton of contemporary sources to produce those four works. And when you combine that with the Kinderhook plates, you end up with almost a death nail uh, if you are reasonable and rational to what was going on. So General Conference is just a, a, a little bit away. We're almost there, guys. I'm recording this on September 28th, and so I want to go through each of these predictions. Number one, the equalization of uh, boys and girls going on missions. In other words, we will now make a change so that girls can also go when they're 18 years old and they can also serve for 24 months. Let me share a couple thoughts. One is that the number of missionaries serving is going down. The surge by changing the age a few years ago um, sent the missionary numbers from, I think they were around maybe 60,000 up to about like 80,000. And then once all of the older missionaries had come home and all you had out were these younger missionaries post age change, those numbers then went back to essentially where they were. They're just a little above it still, but that number is decreasing. My gut tells me the church is deathly afraid that its number of missionaries out serving will sink below the number of missionaries out serving 
just before the age change. And what that will indicate is that the church is in decline. So the church is changing this, and I think in part for good reasons, to uh, create some gender equality between boys and girls going out on missions, males and females going out on missions. But what it also does is it creates another surge in the missionary numbers. It inflates the numbers and makes it difficult to pinpoint that the church is in decline. And it also should be said that Jana Reese just released uh, data from all of her research where she imposes that one-third of all Mormon missionaries are going home early, not having served their full time. And one-third, a little over that actually, 36% of those missionaries who return home. Again, one third of all missionaries serving go home early. And 36% of the missionaries who go home early point to mental health or physical health as the reason for going home early. I'm telling you folks, things are a changing right now. So there's that one. Number two, the one year waiting period to be Uh, sealed in the temple after a civil marriage is going to be done away. And I can tell you, as a convert at 17, and I got married in the Washington, D.C. temple at 19, I broke my mother's heart by doing that. Now, at the time, I believed in the church so fully, both feet in, all in on Mormonism, that it felt like the right thing to do. Like there are scriptures that talk about like if we, if we think more highly of mother and father than God, or if we think more highly of son or daughter than God. And, and Mormonism gets you to understand like if you're all in on this system, you just have to risk hurting your parents or your children or your siblings to ensure that you keep the gospel, that you go to the temple, that you do what God asks you to do. And, and the younger generation... They're bothered by this. They can see that they're having to choose between this church that asks way too much and this church that has a history that doesn't add up and that it's requiring so much at their hands that this one-year wait is hurting people. And the church now sees like, oh my goodness, we, this has been talked about forever, but now it looks like it might happen. And recognize, like the church is going like, we have got to lighten the load. We are being way too tough. We demand way too much out of people. And now that we live in an internet age, people can no longer be shamed into doing it. Number three, a two-hour block instead of a three-hour block. My guess is that this one is almost certain to happen because the rumors are all over the place all over. There are rumors that we are going to a two-hour block. My assumption is that they will do sacrament meeting every week, and then every other week, you'll have priesthood and relief society, and then Sunday school. So one week of priesthood and relief society, the next week of Sunday school, alternating back and forth. That's my guess, but I've heard rumors from a dozen sources at this point in various places that we are going to a two-hour block. Now, I ask the question, why? Why would the church reduce the amount of time it requires its members to participate in church? It's because 
people are burned out. It's because people are tired and they're no longer committed to this church like they were 10 years ago. You see, everybody now knows of somebody who's leaving. Everybody now sees on their Facebook pages or hears at their at their Thanksgiving dinner or hears somebody at the family reunion conversating about the fact that this doesn't add up and this church uh, isn't true in the way that we all used to think it was. And so people no longer will simply just get up, roll up their sleeves and do the church program anymore. People are burned out. They're done. Only recently. So again, it's easy for me, Bill Real, to sit back and go like, no, 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 no. It's, it's hit critical mass. But I'm telling you that I look around at my friends and the wards that they belong to. And the feedback I'm getting is that even the most orthodox members in those wards are indicating with their words and rhetoric that they are tired and that they're no longer committed like they were a decade ago. I feel like the church is at this precipice moment, this critical mass where things are going to have to change drastically if the church wants to have any chance of surviving uh, another hundred years. And so I think you're beginning to see them become softer. And it doesn't really mean a whole lot until it changes some of its theology and doctrine. But at least at the moment, it's going to soften what is required for members to participate. A two-hour block means people are like, oh, yeah, three hours, that sucks. But yeah, maybe I can do two hours. Like they're trying to relieve the burden. The other thing this does is that people are worn out in callings. And so by making church every other week, you give people more breathing room. So if you're a young, uh, if you're a Sunday school teacher, for instance, now instead of worrying about every week teaching, now you only have to worry about every other week. It reduces the responsibility load on members because members are tired and they don't want to do it anymore. So the church senses like where our membership no longer toes the line like they used to. They no longer used to uh, do whatever we asked them to do. Instead, now they get tired, they get fed up, and they stop doing these things. And so the church is reducing the workload. So by making a two-hour block, it's not just about going to church for two hours rather than three. It's about the fact that a lot of the callings in the church, people now don't have as much of a workload or as much responsibility They can spread it out. They can take every other week off in terms of just letting their brain relax and not having to worry about whatever their calling in the church was. Number four. Now, this one I don't necessarily think will happen, but I'm hearing rumors that the church will announce that garments are only required inside the temple. And this, uh, this almost happened once before. So if we go way back in time to like Melvin Ballard and Joseph F. Smith, um, there was a time where uh, the leadership of the church was deeply considering this very change of making the garment only a requirement inside the temple. And one of the leaders in the church, Melvin Ballard, went uh, went home after these meetings and he told his wife, 
And he said, you're not going to believe what we're talking about here. Uh, they're talking about, we're talking about reducing the requirement of the garment to being only required inside the temple. And I think it's going to happen. I'm pretty sure it's going to occur. It looks like we're going to do this. And so Melvin Ballard's wife gets together with another friend of hers and they go out shopping at the underwear store. Now, I don't know where they go in the, in the early 1900s. I have no idea where that was. I don't know if they went to the Piggly Wiggly or if they went to the general store or if they went to Macy's. I have no idea. But what I know is that they bought some underwear and they came home. And by the way, this story is found uh, in Devery Anderson's book. It's titled The Development of LDS Temple Worship, 1846 to 2000, A Documentary History. And this story is found in there. So they come back with these underwear and they're all excited like, yeah, I don't have to wear these one-piece garments with the flap in the back anymore. Now I can put on some really nice stuff, stuff that I feel beautiful in, stuff that I feel comfortable in. And uh, the next day, Melvin Ballard goes to a leadership meeting and uh, Joseph F. Smith comes in and says, no, I know we were just on the verge of doing that, but, but I've made the decision I've made the decision we're not going to do that. And uh, it's interesting, right? Like, can you imagine the disappointment in, the, in these women who went out and bought their underwear and now they can't wear them? Um, so it looks like there are some rumors coming into me from a couple of sources that say that the church is going to actually now make this change, that they are going to make garments only required in terms of worthiness inside the temple. Now, you can see this again. Look at our younger generation. They see some of Mormonism as ridiculous. They see some of Mormonism as not adding up, and our millennials are walking away. Elder Rasband passed along to the guy speaking in the leadership meeting that Mormon leaks uh, leaked maybe a year or two ago. Uh, there was a, a video leak of the leadership talking and the guy up at the microphone speaking says elder Rasband just handed me, um, uh, some data says that 73% of our youth are inactive by the age of 21. That's what's happening in the church guys. This thing is beginning to get fragile. This thing is beginning to crumble in places and the church doesn't let that on with its rhetoric, but it is now seeing it to the point where it is making changes. By allowing our millennials to choose their own underwear seems to them to possibly be huge. Again, if this change happens, and again, I don't think it will. This seems like just too much for Mormonism to compromise. But recognize that if it occurs, think about the reasons why. The church is trying to make it easier for its millennial members to stay. And in order for millennial members to stay, the church has to be nicer to those who are different. It has to acknowledge in some way that its past narrative was false. And it has to lighten the load that it places on the members of the church so they don't get burned out. And every one of these changes I'm speaking about speaks to those three issues. So garments only in the temple. Now, think about the repercussion of this because you know how the church does things. The church will go silent in terms of telling one side of the members who no longer wear garments outside the temple. 
versus the other side of members, which are those who still think it's a unwritten order of things and see it as the higher uh, standard of worthiness to continue wearing the garment outside the temple, right? And so now you're going to have this uh, judgment from one side to the other. And the church, whenever these kinds of things happen, it goes silent. It doesn't address that stuff. It doesn't speak out on a regular basis and tell one side of the members not to judge the other side of the members that there is no other, no, he, no higher line of worthiness, no higher standard. And so what you'll be left with is the ethnocentric, judgmental Mormons will be wearing their garment all the time and judging with their words and actions the younger generation who says, I don't have to do that anymore. Number five. A one-hour temple endowment session. Currently, the endowment runs about an hour and 45 minutes. An hour and 45 minutes because of the video and then the signs and tokens and all the other covenants and promises we have to make. And the church realizes that, again, the younger generation is burned out. They don't want to be doing this. And so I don't know if this will happen, but let me throw out a guess. If it happens, my hunch is that your first time through will be the standard endowment. You will see the video, you'll do the normal procession of things, and it will last an hour and 45 minutes. There will be sessions that you have to set up for if you're going through for your first time. Now, once you go through for the first time, every time you come back, the average endowment session will only be one hour long and it will remove all the movies and it will essentially be you going through for your ancestor and receiving the signs and tokens and covenants for that ancestor. A one hour temple endowment, again, to reduce the load, the burden, the strain on members of the church. Now for number six. Number six is mundane. But what number six tells you is if my sources are accurate. If my sources are accurate, then they will announce this and there will be no ifs, ands, or buts that I have connections inside the church that are handing out uh, honest, uh, accurate information. So number six, the Salt Lake Temple will be closed for five years for a renovation. Again, this has nothing to do with anything other than this building is aged. It needs remodeling in order to ensure that this thing lasts far into the future. It has nothing to do with the messiness of Mormonism, uh, but it is a litmus test, an indicator for if these other things are being talked about. The source from which I got the Salt Lake Temple will be closed for five years for renovation is the same source who gave me the other five predictions and said that these other five things have been discussed in meetings alongside the Salt Lake Temple being closed for five years for renovation. So you have six predictions for General Conference. Five of them have to do with making the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints ever so softly closer to the softness of the community of Christ. The church 
is beginning to let go of its rigidity and its dogma and the burden that it places on members. So let's see what happens. General Conference is just around the corner. Let's see what comes true. Bill Real, signing off.